Ladies and gentlemen, filmmakers and moviegoers alike, welcome to this week's episode of Critically Casual. I'm your host, Three Cups, and joining me as always is the amazing Dorky Dev. What's up, Dev? Sup? Yeah, nothing. Life is life, and, you know, nothing important is happening anytime soon, so decided yep. to watch some movies and relax and. Forget about the world and all of its problems. Yes, we just this we are we will try for this week. We are moments of levity. Hopefully, <laughs> I also think it's kind of funny that I say that and we watch these movies, which could have some very impactful messages, <laughs> depending. Weirdly coherent for this day and age. I, I I recently saw this uh, this article online before we get into the movie um, where it was don't call authors or artists and creators prophets like don't say that their work is something oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. they um, like George Orwell yeah exactly and like where they where it's not like their works that they made are being prophesized and prolific thoughts that they thought about they're just satirizing what's already happening in their daily lives because and they just made it slightly worse and then it just became worse over time yeah so and that's kind of how i feel a lot of stuff happens where a lot of things are just like ah we're gonna satirize what's going on right now and then it's like 2020 in the middle of a pandemic and when every movie says this is starting from a virus and people are like i'm just gonna ignore this click next God station damn, the amount of times <laughs> that like this <laughs> this year we've watched those we started with 28 days later and now we're here and every time we walk across one of these and we're like you know man it's oddly fitting <laughs> <laughs> i remember thinking those people were idiots mm. i still think they're idiots but Suddenly realize it's not just them. Mm, we're all idiots. <laughs> I mean, we're not all idiots, but still. Debatably. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this week, um, anything else we want to talk about before we start talking about movies? No, it's just we are, we are set up to go. Let's go. All right. We're talking about movies. Oh, my messages. Uh, what? Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, this week, I called it because I'm such an amazingly clever person when it comes to the titles. Uh, it's, you keep saying that. I I do. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> it's like the intro. <laughs> I say the exact same thing every week. Um, it's Book Pit. Because it's Brad Pitt book movies. Uh... <laughs> yeah. That's exactly the response I was hoping for. Because I'm so clever. Maybe that. Oh, I didn't <laughs> want to bring up my uh, Leon cosplay that i randomly did turn out really well yeah i like that and it made a great thumbnail for today's video yeah no look at that yeah well can't really see oh, it can't see it yeah it's hey, let me let me do you a favor and just pull it up on i am i am tv instagram <laughs> let's see am i actually logged into instagram can we talk about that for a second? Instagram sucks. You have to be signed in on the browser to like use it half the time. Or else it's like, hey, fucking sign in. Yeah, it's really annoying. But I am signed in. Hooray. Okay. I have to hit the right button. 
Switching to news with a view. <laughs> Look at that. You did pretty good on that. Right? <clears throat> or just... I threw that together that day. Nice. I ended up not doing anything on Halloween because I couldn't throw anything together. <laughs> Fair. But it fit. And then you finished the game, which we've been waiting months on. <laughs> uh... So, yeah, there's that. I think it was not. Oh, well. But, all right. Enough dilly-dallying. It's Book Pit. We're talking about uh, World War Z and then Fight Club. Uh, anything else before we start? Uh, no. All right. No, no, no. Cool. We're done dilly-dallying. Let's start talking about World War Z. Yeah. That movie. <laughs> Which came out. I didn't realize this was that long ago because it doesn't feel like that long ago. <laughs> but this was right after I graduated. Um, on June 21st, 2013. With little under two hour runtime budget of 190 million dollars estimated i'm gonna put a hard estimate on that because okay. this movie also ran out of money mm -hmm. which is why we get the ending we got and i will i want to talk about the ending because i think it's it's something cool to talk about absolutely um Opening U.S. weekend, it made sixty-six million. Uh, gross U.S. it made two hundred and two million, um, and worldwide it made uh, five hundred and forty million. So it made some money. Made some money. Made some moolah. <laughs> so um, talk about World War Z. Let me actually pull up my notes for that. I actually didn't do a lot of notes because there wasn't a lot that I could ultimately think to talk about. This week, um, while they aren't the most exciting movies, at least not to me, they were very gripping in my attention. Like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there, there was a lot of times where I was like, do I want to write this thought down, or do I just want to let let it go and Watch. keep watching? <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you. Like, I was gripped by these two. Like, mm -hmm. um, this one's gripping because, A, the time we live in, um, it kind of gives this movie a different meaning. Um, in this, in the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, B, uh, there is a Marvel cameo from uh, Ruth Nega, Niga, Niga, N E G G A, Niga, 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 Niga. I don't see the name. Uh, Niga. Uh, she's who? Doctor. Oh, oh, Under yeah. Peter Pregaldi. The the Who Doctor, yes. She's in um Agents of the Shield as um Oh, I had her name in yesterday after I watched it. I, um, I see it right here if you want me to say it. No. Alright, I'll wait for it. I had it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um she runs Scorpion. Um there's thunder and there's lightning and storms bring a lot of it. Raina. There you go. <laughs> uh, though, interesting point of order. Does that count? Seeing as the TV shows doesn't really. It's part of the MCU. <laughs> At right. the time when she was in it, it was definitely part of the MCU. So, okay. yes. All right. <clears throat> and then they stopped carrying and now they kind of care again. 
<laughs> well, the, uh, this month, uh, Daredevil's rights go back to Marvel. Hmm. So, uh, third Matthew time's Cox, the charm. No, no, it's great because uh, Matthew Cox was sitting there, like drinking something, looked over, grabbed his helm, put it on, and just smiled and kept drinking. Because everyone's <laughs> like, you better keep him cast as Daredevil because he's fantastic. Yeah. And everyone's like, can we now, can we get him and uh, Tom Holland interacting with each other? That'd be great. Because, you know, Matt Murdock does represent uh, Peter Parker slash Spider-Man on a couple occasions, so. And they have a really interesting uh, working relationship between the two of them, so. Nice. I'd like to see that. Um, this, uh, I forget how many people are actually in this movie. Of note, though. Oh, yeah. He's got... Matthew Fox from Lost. You've got David Morris, who's in a crap load of stuff. Um, most notably, I guess, would probably be the Green Mile um, for most people. But, like, when you see him, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen him. Mm -hmm. um, you've got uh, Elias uh, Gable, um, who at this time was a fresh face. In a lot of ways, um, but like more noticeable later nowadays, because um, he was also in uh, Game of Thrones. Peter Berg uh, Peter Capaldi's in this. Um, who's you know the I mean, doctor? He, yeah, he was the doctor. <laughs> He's who doctor in this, and now, um, is uh. You know, doctor or was Doctor Who? So you know that was always funny. Mm -hmm. um, one of the know, daughters, just... sorry, one of the daughter Sterling Jarens is uh, one of the te the teenage daughter in the Conjury. Ah, see, like a lot of a lot of recognizable faces. <laughs> um, so I always find that interesting because I was like, I wonder if I'm how many people I remember are, are in this are actually in this and who's not. And like I was like, I because I remember Matthew Fox, but everyone else that showed up throughout this movie, I'm like, oh yeah, you're in this. I remember Matthew Fox and Peter Bacal uh, Capaldi, and I'm like, yeah, because the Doctor and the and Jack from Lost. We have to go <laughs> back, Jack. Um, that's a show that I really should should and shouldn't watch all at the same time. Agreed. <laughs> I watched through it. Time travel. <laughs> Who needs yeah, it? A weird fucking show. Um, no, I, so some things I want to point out that I do appreciate about this movie. Um, I appreciate that they set up how Brad Pitt's character like looks at things because he's an investigator. Mm -hmm. So one of his things is that he's going to look at things from a different perspective than what we would. Mm -hmm. So him analyzing the situation as it's happening makes sense and why he's analyzing it that way. Um, him uh, understanding how to go through these situations all makes sense. And him like testing things makes sense because of conversations he has with people. He's like, okay, I'm kind of picking up what this, what I need to look for then. Because um, he's an investigator, so someone who has insight in what he's trying to investigate tells him some information, he uses that. Mm -hmm. I really like it. I think that's great. Um, 
the uh, other thing I really like is the zombies in this. Uh, yeah, these are an interesting pair of zombies that we don't get to see often. Like, it's not like it's hard to explain how uh, they're entirely different, but it's how my like they're both mindless. The things that they do are extreme, but they also these zombies. I were one of the problems I had is because they have one minor plot inconsistency to me. Like they use it as a motif to explain what's going on in the film and how our main character of Jerry figures out the solution. Like that's the whole motif and the investigation moments is when he figures it out. Uh, but at the same time, those moments are the show zombie behavior that make me confused. Specifically the third moment when we get to see him spotting out the, the kid who's bald and he just crashes down and these zombies they're really freaking cool. Like they, oh, I love how they they move. Yeah, they the way they move, the way they behave is super interesting. And the fact that they also kind of team up together to make these superstructures in their own little way, terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these are arguably the scariest scariest zombies. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, these zombies, it, it appears that if like once you know the solution to them. They just go around you like you don't exist. But at the same time, to them, you do exist. So they go around you. And it's weird. I just, like, especially in the instances where we get to see him investigating, I feel like even though the zombies go around the people, they should still be trampled. Like everything else that the zombies trample in the movie. Like they have no regard for themselves or the things that they run into, like buildings or walls or jump off of buildings. But Same. now they just... Part like the Red Sea. <laughs> Steaming. And that's an intentional pun because, you know, they're in Jerusalem at this point in time. Steven. Is it because movie has to movie? Movie has to movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, that's the one problem I have with this film is both the motif that they use to show and not tell points out the one flaw with the zombies that I have where it's just showing us that they're inconsistent. And their behavior. Well, I want to consider inconsistent because they do that every time. Like, they just completely, like, they avoid, for the most part, people who, like. Except for when they're in the Who facility, when he becomes kind of, like, invisible to them. Well, I, he wasn't invisible. That one knew it was there, but he just doesn't care. He has no reason. It's not in the genetic makeup, you mm -hmm. know? It just, Oops, yeah, I hear you. I just, that's the one thing about these zombies that I don't like. Otherwise, I really enjoy them, especially too how like quickly they do, they do their transfer and the way they look as well. Like this movie does as well, uh, like a, a kind of gradual progression of zombies as well, where the first time we see them, they're just normal people. But later on in the movie where we see them, it's only been a couple days, but they're still changing. They're grayer than what they used to be. They're a lot uglier. Like, well, they're also burning off so much. Mm -hmm. Like that's the other thing you have to look at with these guys. Like they're running all the time. Yeah, seriously. I think that's why they're the most terrifying. This would, this version of zombies, I think would be the most likely to wipe out people. Okay. Out of everyone we've seen. Especially uh, not the this 1978 version of zombies. Uh. <laughs> well, even then, like I, 
all of the other zombies we've seen from every other like version of zombie movie we've watched, we've watched a good handful. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them compare to how these move, how these react, and how quickly it spreads. That it would be the most likely to wipe out the most people. Yeah, especially the airplane scene. That one was freaky, terrifying. Mm-hmm. God damn, that is a terrifying scene because you know what's being set up. Because you, you, there's a dog, it barks for a little bit, and we're like, ah, oh, so the dog's going to bark at something, and it's going to be a zombie. Yeah. You, you know the trope, okay? Where the zombie's going to show up, we don't know. Because um, there's several moments where the dog, like, kind of looks one way, barks during that part, and then, then right away, we see the button pressed. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, so it's got to be there. But the dog looks away and barks again. And you're kind of like, well, maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But then it is. I think that's, I, I mean, I honestly think that's a kind of, it's, it's, it's not a misdirect because you know where it's going to happen, but it's enough of a sleight of hand. I guess, I mean, I, I think I remember that scene differently because when the dog barks the first time and she presses a button, when she looks back, the dog's running away. Like, oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. Which, I mean, it still works as a sleight of hand because it's like the dog trying to be like, hey, go this way. Two weeks in a row where I remember better detail than Dev in a zombie movie. <laughs> Bro, it's Q4. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm being held together by strings at this point. <laughs> Uh-oh. Dev? Internet? Oh, and he's doing a really good... Um... Oh, what the fuck was that? Can you repeat that for me? You said this is Q4, and then I lagged out. Oh no! It's happening again! What's going on? Uh, I'm not lagging, at least not on this side. I'm not lagging on my side. Uh, you're saying words that they that Discord doesn't like, I guess. Hello, can you hear me alright? Yes, I can. I'm gonna say Q4. Are you gonna lag? No. No? Okay. <laughs> it happens each... Go ahead. Oh, you, oh, I thought you I thought you cut out for a second is the way you stopped saying that. I was like, <laughs> no! It's happened each All time. Right. No, I'm being a, I'm a marionette right now. I'm being held up by strings. Steven's really at my place um, and doing some uh, really good ventriloquism. I'm not actually talking right now. It's Steven. Uh, I'm so skilled. Uh, oh, um, second hand burp. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had that like I, that <laughs> that felt bigger than it was gonna be. Then yours happened and mine like lowered as it was coming. I was like, eh, you know what? We don't need to be that big. <laughs> Inadequacy. Um, I see how it is. <laughs> no, it was just probably more of a like, ah, he got it. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I had just a random tea burp. That was great. It was tasty. Um, <laughs> no, okay, like back to this movie for a second. Just like I don't know. I like. I like how the zombies move, and I think my favorite, I think the, so, I think some people criticized when it came out, the ending of this movie, mm-hmm. or the ending where it is. I think the ending where this is, is fantastic. Yeah, I think it works totally fine. I think it's perfect. It's a perfectly suspenseful, enclosed space to hit the end goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfect for this movie. Like and especially because like he reaches the goal of his mission. His mission is to find a solution. And 
they find the solution. It, he needs to find the solution. He finds the solution. He's like, all right, then how do I get to it? And they're like, well, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's in the other wing. Mm -hmm. That cool. That was cool. The, originally, the... it was supposed to be a big, more uh, uh, <coughs> spectacle ending. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you remember hearing about that, but like because they ran out of money, they had to change the ending. I mean, um, their big spectacle was Jerusalem, so. <laughs> yeah, but it was supposed to be bigger for the end. Mm, lovely. Which, which <laughs> would have been cool, but I think this works better. I agree. You don't need, the one problem I have is how the spectacle seems to become the mood or emotion in movie theaters. Like, it doesn't have to be bigger and better and more explodier. It, to be a good ending <laughs> the, or a good climax. Like, this is a fantastic climax for this movie. I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I have no complaints about the way this movie ended. No, neither do I. Other than like, I guess the, the, the prologue or epilogue, sorry. Epilogue is the end, right? Yeah. Where, where it's like news bulletins over the credits with uh, Brad Pitt narrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a little bit, like, I don't really care for that too much, but it's kind of that rousing, like, hey, if you could fight, fight. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, is what it is. <laughs> no, a movie's perfect, but this one I th I do, I, I have some endearment towards. So. Really? Uh, two other things that I want to talk about with this film um, are our best chance at survival. Uh, that doctor dude that is i remember seeing that in theaters happen mm -hmm. that was one of those moments in the theater where i was shocked <laughs> genuinely shocked because i didn't see it coming it's mm -hmm. such an out of the like out of left field moment i love like, it oh i love it too it's fucking awesome because it's ballsy mm -hmm. especially because the like the whole start of this is like keep him alive He's our best chance, and then they just immediately like, nope, we're done with that. We're we don't, this is next. We're moving on. <laughs> He's... Dude, I remember that happening in the theater because I went with this with my brother and our friend who we were the three that would wake up uh, Monday mornings, mm -hmm. have a red rock star, and watch Walking Dead on Amazon Prime. All right, because uh, we my dad would let us buy the uh, the season, uh, the new season uh, on Amazon Prime. So we would be watching that. Um, so duh, we went to see this in 2013 because we were still on our Walking Dead kick. Um, and I remember we were all sitting there and it happened, and we we're like, Holy shit, what the fuck? You just what just killed none of us had none of us saw it coming, and it's perfect. Mm -hmm. It's so, uh, well, so yeah, I love that moment. Especially because of how silly it is. Like, it, it's not even silly. It's just so <laughs> unexpectedly beautiful. <laughs> it really is. Um, and the balls to do that. Like, be like, yeah, this guy's going to be the key. Nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, yeah, there was that. And the other, the last thing about this movie that I want to talk about is I like the setting and the fact that it, there was not one setting, but there was multiples where a lot of zombie movies are set in one spot 
and in yes. one location and they just survive. Where in this movie it or, was Or if they have multiple locations, we have a really long, drawn out drive that has nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it is A, B, C, D. Each location he goes has a different response to the outbreak that's happening. Some are more effective than others, and some are far more humane than others, like North Korea ripping out everybody's teeth within 24 hours. So I mean, I could see them doing it that way, though. That's mm-hmm. the scary thing. No biting can happen if you don't have teeth. <laughs> or the... um. Or when we see the nuke go off. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I completely forgot about that scene when they're in the plane. And you see down below, you see a nuke go off. I'm like, oh, right. That's escalation there. That's, <laughs> damn. Mm-hmm. This also gave me an idea for a movie, which if I actually get off my lazy butt, I'll write it. <laughs> Let me know if you need a, uh, a main star. Um oh, yeah. Some with some great acting chops. Uh, I might know a guy who... I might make you the secondary character. Right now, the idea is the lead is going to be a woman, so... Fuck, I'm versatile. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you about it later if you want to hear Gender it. Gender norms! <laughs> <laughs> this is the, you're the wrong person to be saying that. <laughs> Why? Just kidding. Just fuck gender norms. Um, the general statement. Um, anyways, I don't know. This, like, I don't know. I I just really appreciate this movie. I do this too. This is my zombie movie. Like you have you you like Dawn of the Dead two thousand four, right? Mm-hmm. It's entertaining. This is mine. This is my Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Like for zombie movies, I can give you that. It came out when I was on my zombie kick. Watching Walking Dead, every chance I got, we were playing different, like, we were playing uh, this during uh, uh, Dead Island, um, when the Walking Dead Telltale game first started, really. Um, you had uh, Nazi Zombies was the thing, even though I wasn't a huge Nazi Zombie fan, and I still am not, and I've been very vocal about this. Um, <laughs> just got to make sure my consistency is there. Um, I think that, um, what the fuck? Um, I think that this is, this is my zombie movie. I hear you. We talked about movies that do zombies better. This is it. Okay. From last week. Um, because it also doesn't do some of the bad tropes you dislike. Mm -hmm. Like there's not that drawn out scene with the music. Mm. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's not that kind of scene in this. So stuff like that and like But how do you not like Richard Cheese get down with the sickness montage? Like <laughs> I'm not saying I just like it, but I just like this movie. I I really genuinely like it and I've liked it since it came out. So and I'm glad that like after I haven't seen this in a while. Maybe not since like either first came out on DVD or even theaters. I don't remember if I've seen it since theaters, but it still holds up in my opinion from how I remember it from when it was in theaters. So, okay. So, okay. uh, Are we good to move on the popcorns? All right. Then I'll give you your 10 kernels. What are you giving World War Z? I might have used eight of them. Nice. Maybe 8.5. I'm still like, I want to give it an 8.5. 
Okay, hold on. Let me see what I've given an 8.5 this year. Real quick. <laughs> okay. Just to compare. I gave okay. an Dark Knights. Um, and Fury. 8.5s. And Casino Royale. You know what? Yeah, actually. And 8.5 seems right for me. I put that in that kind of regard for me. Because I know I put uh, Dark Knight lower than probably dark knight is a better movie than what i rate it but i also rated it based off of comic book adaptation i am going to say that okay. as a reminder um and that's why i gave batman begins a higher score um so yeah i think i'm gonna get 8.5 all right i was gonna give this one an eight wow rare we've been this close in a while yeah I, like i like i said this move like there's not much I could say, honestly, about either of these movies that I have a major complaint about or anything that I really didn't like. Like, it was all just nice. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. We're going to start talking about our next film. I mean, unless no, anyone... we can't talk about it. Fine, I guess we won't talk about it. <laughs> moving on we're off the news <laughs> sorry it was just a really dumb joke no worries I wanted to make a joke like that earlier but I decided not to at the beginning of the show I wanted to be like first rule about book club <laughs> and then talk about book club Yeah, but then I was like no we want people to talk about our book club how else are we going to get people here <laughs> Um. so fight club this was directed by David Fincher, came out on October 15th of 1999 uh, with a budget of $63 million. It made on U.S. opening $11 million. U.S. alone made $37 million, and worldwide made $101 million. So didn't quite make double its budget. Um. So, kind of a flop in the sense of, uh, from a box office standpoint, mm -hmm. but from a critical standpoint, man, this thing's a darling. Dude, you have no idea how many times I've watched this movie. I mean, you probably do. Uh, <laughs> I've I, watched I this. Yes. <laughs> we're having some minor lag problems here. Don't know why. Oh. That's weird. I'm not getting it from you at all. Okay, yeah. uh, let me change uh, the come... again real quick. Okay. We were just getting a little robot-y on my side. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's a Discord issue. Oh, lovely. Because I'm not having internet issues right now, and neither are you. So. <laughs> server side. Good job, Discord. I think it's a server issue right now, which is, I mean, it happens. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people are having to do be on here so but yeah i am um, talking about this movie watch i've watched this movie a lot especially for film stuff um and there's a lot of there's a lot to enjoy about this movie some of it's the small details a lot of it is the behind the, like the actual making of the film and like the technical aspects behind it and then just the narrative of the story itself like the only complaint i have is when they decide to go into CG and like they do like full CG shots of close ups of the trash can. And that just looks bad. 
and because they don't have quite the right look and lighting compared to the rest of the room. Because it's 1999. Yeah, exactly. That's the only thing in this movie that I do not like. Otherwise, this is one heck of a movie. And, like, I tried to think about this in the way of not knowing what goes on. Like, I tried to think about it like this was my first watch, which is impossible. After you've seen this movie for the first time. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean hear about it? Mm-hmm. The, the it, twists. Yeah. It's just really hard not to, like, think about it while you're watching this movie. But even when you think about it, it's amazing. Like, this movie has so much, like... You can watch it your first time and be surprised by what they do with the story. And then you can watch it the second or third or sixth time, maybe, and appreciate it for their setup and their storytelling and everything that they do, man. Yeah, no, this movie's fantastic. <coughs> um, our uh, Marvel cameo real quick. Can you uh, guess who it is? A Marvel cameo? Is it Meatloaf? No. Oh. Oh, it's Ed Norton, dude. Yeah. Who played Hulk. Incredible <laughs> Hulk. Um, and rewatching this, I now understand like again why he was cast in that role. Cause he does a good job of like being that kind of uh Yeah, those movements that he does. Like Yeah, like that nerdier kind of character in a way Hmm. um but like slightly has some hinges loose oh absolutely the the best way i could compare edward norton like the closest comparison i would maybe say would be uh split like his character in the split and Edward Norton, or not Edward Norton's character in Split, but the main character in Split, and Edward Norton's character here, um, pretty darn great. Like they have similar attributes, but I honestly don't entirely know what to say. Like, there's so many things I love, including the fact that our main character Edward Norton isn't even really named in this movie at all. We never learn oh, his real name. He's just called the narrator. narrator. Yeah. Even though he's our main character and he goes by like seven different names in this movie. Um, I love the setup that they do just with like the small things that they explain. Like, yeah, I'll wake up in this airplane and then I'll wake up in this airplane. Then I'll wake up in this airplane. And it's like, yeah, he's just doing business. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. There's nothing, nothing going on in between. Uh, (laughs) And just this, all the words that we get, like just in his opening conversations, um in the narration that he talks um the conversations with like marla when he's when they get into arguments uh, are very enlightening um hell even just the opening intro the credits to the opening where it's brain synapses and then you go through the guy's skin and then you're going down the gun like all of this yeah. is very intentionally placed and thought out he's good <laughs> oh it's great i don't know it's just it's such a unique movie like this is one of those ones that like you have to at least watch once um minimum Minimum. i would argue twice i would argue twice too but just to get it out the door 
once because if you watch it that one time you're gonna watch it a second time mm-hmm. i'm just insinuating that you need to watch it the one time because you're gonna watch it a second time um because you know what you're trying to pick up on on what you're what's happening and stuff like that and you see through the cracks and you're like oh okay 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 i see what's going on mm-hmm. um and it's just it's good i don't know it's just good like it's a good movie um like i don't think there's a weak mess there's not a weak part or moment through this movie because everything is so coherent with itself and so like understanding what each scene is trying to do like honestly there's i was trying i genuinely tried to find things that i didn't like of this movie like i really tried <laughs> and i couldn't like especially when it comes to the silly like i i normally don't like movies where a majority of the dialogue of the film is done through voiceover work it was fine in this um because it, it's part of the story mm-hmm. a lot of it, times it's integrated into the story yeah a lot like i normally don't like fourth wall breaking moments where a majority of the movie is not fourth wall breaking, but it happens in this movie and it's totally fine. And Oh my God. My favorite line is the, I still ain't got anything. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, flashback humor. (laughs) I forgot about that. And this rewatch that happened. I'm like, Oh, that's fantastic. It's so clever. So good. such a good line. <laughs> it's that, is, that is fantastic mm-hmm. writing right there. And, and then all the fantastically te- acted. Mm-hmm. And all the like stuff that they set up too with like the the flashes, the one screen flashes that they get being at Tyler or the penis at the very end of the movie. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what a good fucking movie, though. Like, genuinely, like, like the I'm best. Glad we have the excuse to finally watch this mm. on this show. And it, it's so like the best part about the whole thing, too. The reason I keep coming back to it is it's funny. Like, it's not just oh, yeah. serious. It's not like just this movie where it makes you think about what's going on because it makes you think. Like, this was made in the early two thousands. Or it was 1999. Uh, late 1990s. Yeah, late 1990s, just before the 2000s. And they're still talking about things like economic collapse and, like, what would happen to the world if we were all on the same level as one another. Um, capital, you know, capitalist p- machine. Mm-hmm. Um, also covers a shit ton about, like, in a really bizarre way, but it tackles the issue of uh, toxic mes- masculinity. Absolutely, it does. Which it hits way different now than I think even it did then. Um, just because that's something that's talked about more now. Um, and like, you can look at this movie and be like, you know, this movie can explain a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching this with my stepmother t- uh, today. And she was talking about random things like Fight Club and how it could have, and how you could honestly talk about a lot of the homosexual undertones in the film and like 
Ugh, this is where you can go from the things that they do too. Like there are so many topics you can cover in this movie alone. <sighs> you can you can take you can take this movie with one route in mind and follow it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And go scene by scene why this works. And then once you create that map, intersect those lines, and you've got what this movie is, and none of those lines feel like they're tripping the other up. And then you have your own always sunny in Philadelphia meme. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much, dude. Like every time a scene covers multiple things, you could just take that string and go and then do the same thing. Like in order of events of what covers that, like toxic relationships are covered in this. Um, toxic self, like, reflection mm-hmm. um or self-identification like there's so many goddamn like underlining tones to this movie that just build off of each other because they're all covering similar things but they're not the same thing but because they wrap together so well it's just nuts i don't know this movie's good mm-hmm. fucking watch it I actually took a lot of inspiration from this movie in college. Just the word makes me stumble because the fears it brings up. Uh, <laughs> uh, because I remember there is an assignment where I had to work with a partner and uh, we were supposed to pitch a movie idea. And um, her whole thing was talking about like inclusion for the LGBT community and like um, making sure that she had a lead female role and all of these other things and she wanted to make it like a horror film and i'm like okay let's think about this really think about this and figure out what we want to do and after a lot of talk and i was like you've seen fight club right and she's like i've seen fight club and then we based the whole premise of our little pitched idea around fight club and like it worked we got an a and we were the only ones in the assignment who got an a <laughs> so <laughs> it was great um, and I, like, I, I have a lot of connection to this movie just because I watched it in so many times, at least once a year <laughs> in college, like, and this was before I was a film major too. I watched it at least once a year because it's just a good movie. Good movie. So, um, one last thing I want to talk about music. I loved the music choice in this movie. Um, would be at the moments where it's like, uh, honestly, I can't even just describe individual moments. Just they, it's almost always fitting. Mm -hmm. It's almost always its own character. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. It's the music is its own character. So yeah, that's what I got on bike up. You, you got anything else you want to talk about my dude? I mean, not that's not spoilery, but like, say, man, spoilery, non spoilery wise. <laughs> we're good on non spoilers. I think we're good on non spoilers because the rest of what we're going to talk about is all spoiler. True. So hit me with my popcorn kernels. <laughs> all right, toss me your popcorn kernels. Thank you. Thank you. I am in a hard spot. Steven, just give what your gut reaction is. I know you want to say it. Just say it. Who and I don't. I know. I know what you want to say. I'm going to say a nine. I'm going to... You 
bitch. <laughs>
So good. Yeah. Like I I genuinely like the his whole like I'm going to go from this place to this place to this place. And the the like I had this debate with myself at one point in the film where I was like his dialogue was literally like I feel like I'm one step behind him, always experiencing a bit of déjà vu, chasing an invisible man. And I'm like is this too heavy-handed? Like but then if you realize you've never seen it before, it's like no. It's not too heavy handed because then when the reveal happens, you're like, oh, and even after seeing it multiple times, I can't tell, like, be like, no, they're not being too heavy handed with this reveal no, they're not. because it's, it's just me who's thinking, oh, I know the answer. And yeah, they're just <laughs> because, you know, the answer It's perfectly seeding this. It's <laughs> it's leaving a perfect breadcrumb every time that those happens, like any time that, um, uh, Helen uh, Bonham Carter is in the scenes with her, with her and uh, narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, after she was just with Tyler, mm-hmm. they're perfect. Yeah, they they set it up <coughs> so well. Her lines are the main reason why you get the cues that you get. Like yeah, especially like there's one moment where he says Tyler and Marla are never in the same room together, at least from his perspective, and. She's like talking about their relationship. It's like, what is this? What is us? And like, she's like, I don't know. In the mornings, you're a dick, or and at nights, you are like the best sex lover I've ever had. Like, he is a completely different person, and she has dialogue that's talking about how he has two personalities basically the whole time. Yeah, and if you're not if you're not looking for it, you're not gonna catch it until the reveal. Mm-hmm. And the real the reveal happens, and you're like. <gasps> Oh shit! And then when we get further into it, like at the actual climax of the movie, when we have Tyler and narrator, um, getting down with it, and he's like, "You're not, you don't actually have the gun in your hand because you're not real." Because I have the gun, and he actually looks at the gun that's now in his hand, and Tyler's like, "It means nothing. (laughs) Results still the same." And he does this, (laughs) and he's like. So, <laughs> no, I don't have it against my head. I have it against our, our head. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> well then. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> That's one though. The the one thing, the one question I always had was why is it that Tyler's brain explodes while the narrator just shoots through his jaw and its cheek? It's a mental demon. He had to pull, like, I yeah, like, I guess it was just pulling the trigger against Tyler is the best way to put it. Like, yeah. I mean, to defeat that part of him. Mm-hmm. Prove that he doesn't need him to be, to be a better person. And then you get the, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> his mouth is just soaking, uh, uh, oozing with blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the people his followers still at the very end being like oh he's such a badass what a tough motherfucker right. <laughs> shot himself in the cheek and he's still alive yeah but I mean it's still like he shot himself in the face essentially mm-hmm. yeah which is still just insane and mm-hmm. I love that line when him and uh, Marla are there and he's like you met me at a really interesting point in my life <laughs> 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 yeah it i i agree 
it it and, and just how it goes from there like and how crazy this group of people is like it's so f interesting to watch this cult form where it's all of the lesser people in the world the ones who feel like they're being trotted upon and they're like and then his whole idea is i'm going to indoctrinate these people who already feel like shit into believing their actual shit and then then they get his message in death confused. we get a name yeah yeah and in death you get your name like that was the part that really caught my attention because he's like in death he became a man this man is robert paulson and then that name started going throughout the the enclaves his name yeah was robert paulson it's like Jesus Christ. There's also another really good line, um, where, uh, where uh, Tyler and Ariad are talking, um, and they're talking about the other circuits that are starting up, mm -hmm. and they're both like, "I thought you started that one," mm -hmm. which also begs the question: Who knows if there's a third? There could be. There very well could have been a third person starting these fight clubs. Could have been Jared Leto. The blonde guy. <laughs> Which, uh, DC World's connection. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, if you start connecting to DC, I'm going to be really fucking upset at you. <laughs> uh, it, it would be funny, and I hate it. It would be funny just to fuck with you. Uh, I might have to think about that as a reoccurring <laughs> gag, gag. No. It's not like oh. I have enough about the not like I talk about how clever I am. I just need more moments, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Other things in this movie I like talking about. Uh, I enjoy, I genuinely like some of the gross moments. Like the whole fat soap thing. And they like drop a whole oh fucking bag off the gate. And it's like, oh, 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 Gross. We get to sell the rich people their fat asses back to them. That was hilarious. Also, I noticed in that scene, the son, the way Tyler's leaned over, he doesn't have a long enough fucking shirt. What I do don't you know mean? if you've ever noticed that in the scene. He's leaned over and his shirt's like up here. His, his pant line is where it should be. But like his shirt like rides up here um, as he's leaned over. And I'm like, Motherfucker, get a better fitting shirt. <laughs> He's just all upper it. body strength, and that tightens up the shirt. I just can't. <laughs> You're not wrong, because it's Brad Pitt, but fuck, man. Get a better shirt. <laughs> I especially like how Brad Pitt's appearance changes throughout the movie. Like... Especially towards the end when he's disappeared for a little while and our main character starts to get more, like, sense of normalcy and control back in his life. Uh... And then suddenly, Tyler shows up again in a completely different outfit. He almost looks like something from Mad Max. Like, what's up, man? <laughs> so you figured it out. <laughs> yep. I told you not to talk to her about me. God. Yeah. Man. What a good fucking movie. It really And just... And like I said, the main reason I come back to this movie over and over and over again is the freaking comedy in it. Like, it is so clever. That's a good way of putting it. It's clever. It's a clever girl. <laughs> um, 
I'm with you. I mean, that's the best way to put it. This movie is smart. I wouldn't compare it to a raptor. I don't know, dude. It does blindside you. (laughs) I don't know. That's an apt description. Um... I don't know, dude. It's just, uh, it's just. There's so much to appreciate about it. Yeah, there is a lot to appreciate. Generally, don't know where to start. Like we could go into, like you said, we could then go into a lot of different things and talk about a lot of different stuff in this movie. So, um, I don't know. I I don't know either. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, no, I got nothing else. Want to move it on out then? Head on out to yeah, the news. Let's head on out. Wrap up. What not? All right. Can you do the news button? Perfect. <laughs> How much of the uh, banging against the desk came through? Uh, I heard it. I'm not sure if they heard it too well, though. Because <laughs> it would have been every, like, in between the beeps, because you can't hear it during the beeps. Mm-hmm. Your camera shook a lot. There's a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going at it. It was, like, dead by daylight. Yeah, you're dead by daylight clicking. That never ends. <laughs> dude. I hear I that in my nightmares. Like, vibration I get through the fucking, <laughs> like, webcam, dude. It's just... You don't have to add a ton of effects to it, because I'd practically do it myself. I don't add effects to it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so movie news. Things I want to talk about. Um, I'm trying my best to avoid sad and negative things. However, that being said... We have to talk about one of them. Probably, yeah. We will. I'll get to him. Okay. I believe I know that him, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about was, I mean, it's still COVID news. Uh, AMC has released its quarterly earnings. Not good? No. Can you guess how much money they've lost? Like from last no. year to this year? I don't know. Uh, how big of a, what did they make last year? Okay, let's see. Last year. Sorry to put it on the, sorry to put you on the spot. Because it would have been, uh, what, Q3 earnings last year? Are we just going off Q3 or up to through Q3 earnings? I think up to, like, at up to Q3. Like, okay, so Q1, 2, 3? Yeah. Earnings? But, like, there's a bunch of numbers here, but it doesn't sh- say how much they made. It says here that as of right now, uh, AMC Theaters quarterly earnings loses loses losses million? losses top at nine hundred million. I was pretty fucking close. Yeah, it says the world's largest exhibitor wow. suffering. Yeah, um, the world's largest exhibitor suffered a brutal ninety point nine drop in revenues during the most recent earnings period, with sales clocking in at one hundred ninety five point five million. Losses hit ninety hundred and five point eight million at 
8.4 cents a share. In the prior year's quarter, at a time when cinemas were open around the globe and the world-altering pandemics were largely the stuff Hollywood thrillers, AMC logged revenues of $1.3 billion on a net loss of $54.8 million um, per year. Like, yeah, cinemas have been on the downturn for a while. Mm -hmm. It's scary to think about, but this may be the killer. Like, the more, like, in a sense that, like, or in, in, at, in the minimum, things need to change with cinemas. Mm -hmm. They really do. Um, because it's just the problem is now the, the cinemas are considered the middleman at this point. And yeah. companies are trying to cut out the middleman. So, and that's the worst part is cinemas are the best place where you can get the best quality of movie if you're not, you know. A private owner of your own cinema well and the thing is they cultivate everyone mm -hmm. to do that um the the thing about that is if a studio owns their distribution they're not going to allow other people's movies to be there so depending on where you are you may only get one studio's movies mm -hmm. which will really fuck us up that that would be a little problematic <laughs> I would have to drive to Seattle every weekend, depending on what movie, or Ellensburg, or all the way to fucking Spokane. And that's not really worth it. To to that's like a three-hour drive in each direction. Yeah, it's unless it's Ellensburg, it. that's like an hour. Okay, still not really worth it to watch a movie. No. Yeah. Unless I'm going on a date in Ellensburg, I'm not going to Ellensburg. <laughs> and like. And it's not just in the U.S. where the problem, too, because the next article I have here from Variety, the first one was also from Variety. This one it says the U.K. exhibitor's body is calling for the government to spend more funding on English cinemas because English cinemas are having problems staying open. I'm not surprised. Who wants to go to the theater right now? <laughs> Some people do. I mean, I would love to, but I'm not going to. Well, that's the, I guess the thing is a lot of us want to go, but how many people are actually going to go? during it how many people who were going to those movies because the movies that the mass audience of people who would probably be going that are releasing aren't releasing right now in theaters we're not getting our big blockbusters right now which would be the reason people would go to the theater you and i would go would have gone and go go see new mutants right oh probably not everyone was going to go see new mutants that movie was fucked from the get-go in the sense of getting a good audience turnout we were gonna go people who do reviews were gonna go people who liked the x-men movies were gonna go but not fucking joe who's only out here to see the next time iron man flies across the screen or to see vin diesel have his car jump a giant mountain gap um, by hooking to a chain and not destroying his car or the chain or the mountain. <laughs> we don't know about the mountain yet. We've only seen part of it. At uh, <laughs> <laughs> insult to injury, we're running away. Let's destroy this mountain and run away from the people and the avalanche. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, man, anything can happen. This fast and furious, bro. It is. Uh, but like the movies that people would have gone to go see, like yeah, like people, people go to see Tenet, but those are the people who really like 
Nolan films. Mm-hmm. And Tenet is already like the Tenet's already starting to come back to theaters. Like they've yeah. taken it out of theaters and they're like, no, put it back in. We have nothing else to throw in. So I've seen like San Francisco theaters being like coming back to the big screen, big movies on the big screen. Tenet. <laughs> and I was like, it's the only movie that's released that's even big enough mm-hmm. theater wise and even then i don't think that, like even in normal times that was gonna have a lower audience turnout than other films mm-hmm. absolutely so put us into this scenario where no like the people who odds are would be going um so this is gonna sound a little cynical but the people who would be going to tenant normally might lean a little bit more left um at least in the united states what? Um, um so they might uh be the people who are taking more precautions and not necessarily going to those theaters unless it's a safe 100 percent safe screening that they're going to where everyone was tested and stuff like mm-hmm. that like where it's a group of critics who went stuff like that because critics had to go to this movie to review it um, or they got a screening thing, but like, I doubt Nolan would have allowed that because he's the person who's like, Hey, you have to see my movie in a theater. Cause the way he designs his films. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, cinema is going to change after this. And I'm worried that it's going to be for the worst. I really do hope for the best. Um, because like, I do hope for like more dollar movie nights, stuff like that. Um, I really hope that like prices for tickets go down. Cause I mean, that's been a thing that everyone's been getting hit hard when you go to the theater. Like it's $14 for just your tickets. And the worst part is that $14 doesn't even go to the movie theater. It goes to licensing the movie to be able to see, be seen. Most of the profit from movie theaters comes from the concession stand. Which is why anytime I go to the VIP dude, I'm buying a drink and I'm uh, (laughs) getting some tacos. Um, Cause I mean, I'm paying for because I that because like VIP theater they they make some profit off of mm-hmm. um the ticket itself as well because that is like for at least the theater I can go to um for that like that is the most profit they can make off of any ticket because it's a higher price I think like for matinee um it was like fourteen fifteen dollars um. It's somewhere around there. Like the tickets just because you're going to the adults only mm-hmm. section. Um, plus your your beverage. <clears throat> plus if you're getting food. And I usually would get food because, man, having tacos in a chair that has a little like tray thing that leans back and you can watch <laughs> a movie. Dude, there's, it's an experience. It's awesome. I fucking love it. <laughs> um, I love VIP theaters. Also, like just the Vegas theaters that I used to go to. Cause they were all like that. It's just like, yes, recline. <laughs> I don't know. Theaters need, need to update. Um, anyways, in some, in some fields, not all, but some, it's just, an, it, it's, it's scary to think that they might go away. Cause I don't want to be able to only watch movies online. Cause then I don't get another end game moment in my life. Mm-hmm. I talked about it last last week, but like that is that is one of the best theater experiences I've ever had for anything. 
that's one of the best human interactions I've ever had. It's up there, like, with when everyone was playing Pokemon Go for me. Because it was a... Because it's a cultural moment where everyone... Everyone got it. Mm-hmm. Everyone was there. And whether you've been involved in the franchise from the beginning, or if you just jumped on to, like, see if this movie... Like what? What the hype about this movie was? You were there. Same thing was Pokemon Go. Like that is an experience. Like during that that month of Pokemon Go, where people were making events, and like you were going to like, I don't know if you visited Kingman during that, but it was insane. Everyone was downtown. There was events at Locomotive Park, wow. like weekly, and people would go. It was insanity, and it was awesome because you were just you would meet people that like or run into people you hadn't seen in like months or years, and you'd be like, "Holy shit, I haven't seen you in forever!" Mm-hmm. Um, and all that, and it was just insane. And Endgame is one of those. And taking away the theater, like losing theaters, would mean we don't get another opportunity for like something like that yeah. for that medium. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're very much not wrong. But I, I can't put as much passion into that kind of speech right now. <laughs> That's fair. Sorry, I'm always a little hot-headed and grandiose in my speech. <laughs> that you are. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> You're like, I'll never experience oh, an endgame moment again. And I'm just sitting here like, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> and, and that's to say, like, the odds of experiencing something like endgame to that level is nigh it took 20 some odd movies to get to that point it's gonna take a long time to get there again but i'd like the door to be open (laughs) i don't know it's just (laughs) but um let's move on it's like with tim it's like my last analogy is like when tim got his first win because the internet was invested (laughs) in that i wasn't but yeah (laughs) i hear you Tim got his first win. Where were you when Tim got his first Fall Guys win? I was watching. (laughs) I was was nowhere near. (laughs) But, like, in a sense of the entire internet knew that what was happening. It was Tim needed to win. But even us, we were making jokes. Like, oh, you got, if Tim gets a win, you have to get a win. Kind of thing, you know? Neither me or Frankie have gotten one yet. You guys can do it. Says you. You don't know the level of my incompetence. I do. <laughs> I pay for it. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. <laughs> Sometimes, fuck you. <laughs> you are monthly, regularly monthly, fucker. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna move on. Um, uh, the the next two topics are not quite the best either. Um, the uh, so I'm gonna combine two stories into one here. Um. There's talks with John Boyega meeting with Disney execs for quote unquote honest discussion about how Star Wars uh, was sidelining uh, plots for people of characters, uh, people of color characters like uh, John Boyega not having his storyline told uh, and having that character as well. Storyline. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. And additionally, with how they treated Lando and his daughter, maybe daughter. We don't know if you've only seen the movies. Yeah, if you've only seen the movies, you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and at the same time, there's discussions with uh, Ray Fisher, the actor who played Cyborg in the DC universe, and yes. talking about all the different things that happens behind the scenes um, when Zack Snyder dropped out and when John Sweden took over. And like apparently at some point, uh, there was talks about having people of color having their skin color whitened up in the scenes because uh, it wasn't liked how like the look wasn't appreciated. And well, I mean, they cut Iris entirely mm -hmm. from the movie. Who in this version was played by a woman of color. Mm -hmm. She was cut entirely. The Flash's love interest and beloved character from the comics was cut entirely. Yeah. There was an article from three days ago that says uh, Ray Fisher's new Justice League uh, claims saying that there's unbelievable gaslighting that you wouldn't believe. Uh, claims that blatant racist conversations have been held by the studio's top brass, uh, which WB has, of course, denied. Um, that was an article from Vanity Fair. But additionally, there is an article that released just six hours ago from Cinema Blend that says um, every single scene that he thinks um, Cyborg was in in this movie was reshot and redone, where none of his original footage was kept. And... He's like, not surprised. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what? And he's trying to, exp like, he wants to know why. Like, if it was just racism behind the scenes or. Who knows? Well, it's kind of fishy that, like, the one of the characters who are completely cut from the movie, we don't know the, in the extent of Iris's original, like, extent to the movie, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't know what that is. And Zach's going to give us the best representation of what he originally had planned and we'll understand a little bit more but also like a ton of what cyborg was supposed to do in that movie was entirely cut because like the entire time zach was making the movie he was like yeah no cyborg is going to be part of the movie as but cyborg was really important in and and then we got the movie as was, well i mean like even thinking about the movie itself without cyborg it would have been impossible for them to f fix the th problem. But he has a, no other story. Yeah. <laughs> other than the one time he saves his dad. And that's it. Mm -hmm. I was just recently thinking about the, the animation version that we saw of DC World where we get to see Victor E, Victor Stone, and um, his origin. I do like there. Justice League War, dude. Mm-hmm. It's a good start for all those characters. It really is. Like, to introduce That's each other. That's what they could have done with this, but they didn't. This came out, the war came out first. They could have just done it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, there's honest Here. discussions in both the Star Wars universe and in the WBDC world um, of people of color not getting the proper screen time that they deserve. So... And it's not going to be changed anytime soon, I don't feel. It'd be nice. It'd be very nice. But there's always going to be something wrong with how somebody's being treated. Not Sorry, let me rephrase that. At the moment... There's always going to be systemic issues right yes. now. Yes. Thank you. Our job is to make sure that we continue to strive towards a world war it isn't. Absolutely. Yeah.
keep that in mind if you ever become a major movie creator. Or if you're voting or anything like that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not important or anything. <clears throat> Tomorrow. <clears throat> uh, if you haven't already really voted, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing before I start talking about our, like, our channel news. Um, we've had some people pass away. Um, before we talk about the big guy, uh, I want to talk about a guy who I appreciate. His name was Charles Gordon. He passed away a few days ago. At the age of 73, most people don't know him because he was a producer. Um, the reason I know him is because he produced Die Hard. Oh. Mm-hmm. He also did a movie that he's more popularly known for called Field of Dreams. Um, that movie came out in 1989, and it was uh, starred by Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones. Um, but, yeah, he passed away recently. Um, and, um, another person who passed away recently who I want to pay homage to is John Connery. Bond. James Bond. I made a little post about it. Like, there's, there's a ton of movies involving him that, like, The Hunt for Red hugely, October. <laughs> there's that. You've got The Rock. Um. There's Indiana Jones. Right? There's, and people, I have a soft spot for this dumb fucking movie, but the. Such a mess of a film. Whoa. Hello? This is interesting. That's an Elgato. Which is not what I'm using. Hmm. Webcam. Your video setting changed. Webcam, what happened? Hello? Did it unplug? Uh, I like I like how I knew exactly what it changed to. Because <laughs> that's my like that's my no signal that I use for stream when I'm like my game is off. <laughs> yeah. That's just the scene we see all the time. I love I love speaking of your when your game's not on, I love that you literally made a joke the other day, like, oh, and I'm gonna make sure the game's being captured because that's something I can do, even though I never do that, and I've been streaming for three years now. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's funny. I occasionally do that. <laughs> occasionally remember to do that. <laughs> I try to do it before stream, and sometimes I just fucking forget. Um, yeah, no, Sean Connery is such an icon. Such like, you say the name, you know who it is. Mm. Uh, it's he lived a fucking full ass life though. Fucking ninety years old, man. And he has inspired a lot of things in a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully he's enjoying a scotch in in heaven with uh with whoever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Sean Connery, I yeah. mean. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people um, gave a different homages to him. So if you want to feel sad but also happy at the same time. Look that stuff up. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I think with, especially with Sean, it's just appreciate, you got to appreciate his life as well. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, All right. So us, I want to talk about yeah. us. Uh, before I talk about next week's movies, I started uploading all of the critically casual over the last month, four months to YouTube. So 
watch that stuff so it doesn't feel pointless, please. <laughs> it's taken me over 24 hours now, and I've only uploaded three of them, and I have another 11 to go. <laughs> you count today. Yeah. Oh, 12 if I count today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even counted today's yet. So, yeah. that that Those are coming up. They're literally just going to be uploaded as my internet can process them. So, don't yeah. expect a big batch upload. It's just going to be one this I mean, hour. I have, I have a lot of the... Uh, um have a lot of the har hars uploaded but just not described if you could do that that'd be so much easier for me i'm totally fine with making thumbnails but if you could like put a description maybe a title <laughs> i would be much happier all right awesome now next week's movies clearly the week where we're gonna get solid tens all the way across the board no complaints from anybody about anything absolutely at all think they heard that one <laughs> was that i'm pretty sure that was his hollow head ringing uh that was aragon and golden compass are the movies that we're watching for next week <laughs> you got a red spot on your head there dev i don't <laughs> just messing with you <laughs> uh yeah aragon obviously the movie that no one missed messed up and then golden compass the movie that doesn't have a better TV show. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Keep an eye out for that as we start discussing more books and more things in our future. And that's all I've got for us. Honestly. Unless there's uh, anything else you want to talk about. I want to go ride a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then. I mean, that'd be cool. I would love to live in a fantasy world. If you lived in Skyrim, Dev, what do you think you would be doing there? Do you think you'd be a casual, everyday farmer? Would you try to join the vampire hunters? Would you become a werewolf? I lost him. He's leaving. No, he's staying at his mic. No, he's leaving. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I ruined it. Okay. He wanted to be the dragon board. So he can ride dragon. Either way, I'll see you everybody next week. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, bells, things, all that fun stuff. And I'll see you guys next time for another Craig the Casual. Weird to be like.